NFL Week 18 prop bets. Hitman, when it comes to Week 18, incentives and milestones can be the name of the game. Unfortunately, it sounds like this year the cat's out of the bag as far as a lot of that's concerned. But perhaps we can find a few spots on this week's card where there's still just a little bit of meat left on the bone. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, Incentive Week used to be probably the highest ROI of any week of the season that I would have and a lot of other professional prop bettors would have and the reason is is five six years ago and even as recently even as recently as two years ago and last year there was there was an edge with it also although it started to die down a little bit last year there was still a good edge to it on some stuff like marvin jones over three and a half catches but um what's starting to happen now is a lot of sites and people on twitter are are publicly posting every incentive prop betting has gotten to be so big nowadays that there's just more eyes on it and when there's more eyes on a market it's going to tend to be more efficient and do i think there'll be maybe some incentives this week that go under the radar maybe a few things go under the radar matt but it's just not what it used to be and it's unfortunate because what what happens is when you post the incentive stuff for the world to see before before the odds makers put out the lines is the odds makers can see this as well. And like the most extreme example that I could give is let's say I have information on a game and I say, you know, I know Patrick Mahomes isn't going to play next week. Uh, I know it. Well, what would you do in that instance? Would you announce it to the world that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to start before the odds makers put out the spreads or would you wait? for the odds makers to put out the Chiefs as seven-point favorites, then if you want to tell everybody that they're not that Mahomes is out at that point, tell them that he's out. And people will get their bets down, and you can make some money off of it. But if you're doing it before the odds are out, it's just not making anybody money. And what it's doing, it's just – it's honestly, in my opinion, it's a selfish move to, to do that. Uh, but um, different people have different priorities, so we can only do – we can only uh, make the best out of the situation. And there, there's still going to be hopefully some opportunities this week. But, yeah, week 18, incentive week, it's not what it used to be. It used to be my favorite week of the year. And if I had to anticipate it from a player prop perspective, it, this is probably going to be my lightest week of the entire season. Well, using your example of Patrick Mahomes not playing next week, that's actually probably correct in this scenario. It looks like the Chiefs will be playing for the one seed in a first round bye, but point taken nevertheless. And we will touch on Mahomes in that Chiefs Raiders game, but we can start off in rotation order and it will be the Saturday night game that we'll get to first Tennessee at Jacksonville. When it comes to incentives, it looks like the Jags might be in for an expensive night of production in the passing game. Christian Kirk needs 91 yards to trigger a $500,000 incentive. He's lined at 58.5 to 62.5. And And you might notice that's a pretty decent discrepancy, four yards when we're talking a receiving prop, a recurring team of this show. As always, there are going to be lots of line discrepancies in the prop betting market, so please shop accordingly where you can. And beyond Kirk in that Jags passing game, Zay Jones, 98 receiving yards away from a $250,000 bonus. He's lined anywhere from 53 and a half to 60 and a half receiving yards. 
And one more for good measure, Evan Ingram, 61 yards away from a $200,000 contract bonus. He's lined currently anywhere from 48.5 to 52.5 receiving yards. And with Ingram in particular, there might be a bit of urgency. He's playing on an expiring contract. And from a matchup standpoint, going up against a Titans defense that has struggled against tight ends, allowing the most targets in the league and the second most yards in the league to opposing tight ends. So when it comes to angles to put all these numbers into play, Hitman, a few things I'll run by you here. There's a possible look at any of the overs previously mentioned for Kirk, Jones, and or Ingram. Also maybe a decent opportunity to look at unders for the other receiving options where incentives aren't going to be such a primary focus. Marvin Jones, maybe under 27 and a half receiving yards. I'm seeing Travis Etienne receiving yards in the range of 14 and a half to 15 and a half. Or if you just want to put all the receivers looking to get some passing game production toward the over, maybe to your point on edge rush this week, look toward Trevor Lawrence overs that has seen a bit of steam recently, but currently still available in the range of 258 and a half to 262 and a half. Hitman, any of these angles actionable at this stage in your book? Yeah, I'm actually in a parking garage in Atlantic City right now, and one book has a Lawrence over 255 and a half still available. So as soon as this pod, ends, I'm going to hit that 255 and a half. It's, it's a rogue number, but um, even in the low 260s, uh, I like Trevor Lawrence over. Um, the Titans are a pass funnel. Everybody knows it. They're getting a lot of guys in their front seven healthy this week. And the, the Titans, they're giving up 39 pass attempts a game to opposing quarterbacks. I mean, I think that all the Lawrence overs, whether it was completions, 23 and a half, yards, 260, attempts, 34 and a half. I think that they're they're worth a look and bettable this week. Um, that's the angle that I'd rather attack. As far as the Jags, receivers they've all been bet up from the over from the openers and you know what i might be playing the unders on these guys now it kind of contradicts well you like lawrence overs but you like the receivers unders but it's because and i don't i'm not saying now but at post i might bet these unders because i think you're going to get some good prices on these guys to go under and let's be real it's a playoff game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are not going to go out of their way to get these guys their incentives. Now, there's one scenario where it could play out that, hey, maybe if the Jags are up 21 points, 17 points, there's two minutes left, three minutes left, maybe they take – I could see theoretically a world, Matt, where all right, they take one shot. Maybe on third down, they throw a deep ball to one of these receivers. But they're not going to do anything to jeopardize winning the game to get guys incentive. So, you know, if it was a game, if we were talking about the the 6-10 and 10 Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Titans in a game that didn't mean anything towards the Jaguars, I'd be looking to bet some of these guys overs. I'd be looking for some alternate overs potentially. But in a, in a playoff game, they're just not going to go out of their way. And the fact that it's also three guys. So even if they did try to do something, you know, where, all right, let's throw one deep shot up 17 with two minutes left to one of our guys. Like, which of the three guys do you even do it to? You know? So, and, you know, maybe I guess the one that it could be most applicable is Evan Ingram. Maybe if, if he's around, 
his 50 yardage number, his over under, maybe that's the guy they say, all right, let's try to get him a 12 yard pass at the end. But you know, this it's, it's not, it's not the edge that some people perceive it to be, in my opinion, just because it's a playoff game. So the number one priority for Jacksonville is winning this game. I think that's a really valuable insight when it comes to the difference of the Jags and needing to prioritize winning versus some teams with nothing to play for, quote unquote, nothing to play for, could focus a lot more on these incentives. So that might be worth going back and re-listening to or re-watching for the audience, keeping in mind across this week 18 slate. Yes, there are incentives and milestones in play, but some of these teams are going to put that on the back burner compared to their needs to win and get into the playoffs or even try to improve their playoff seating. Of course, that's going to take precedence. Hit me on one other thing you mentioned with Lawrence was not just looking at the passing yards over, but perhaps completions over and other ways to get down at the same angle. When it comes to correlated props, whether that's with incentives or milestones or simply some matchup advantages, something like passing yards over and completions over for a quarterback or reception yards and receptions, how those can be correlated for pass catchers, What's your point of view on split tickets when it comes to how you decide whether to play just one prop or play multiple correlated props? And when you play those correlated props, how do you go about managing your bankroll as necessary? Well, it's different for different people. For someone like me, that's typically trying to get as I'm betting the max everywhere I can, because usually the prop limits, the max isn't high enough at one book just to satisfy my appetite. So for someone like me, that's betting a bit bigger, I'm looking to usually I'll play. Usually if the yards have value, you'll find the completions have value. It's not all the time, but let's just say for the sake of argument that both have value. I'm looking to get whatever I can down just because it helps me circumvent limits by I could bet now the max on two props instead of one for somebody that's managing their bankroll a little bit more. I mean, if you have a, 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 you could do one and a half percent of bankroll on, on, yards one and a half percent on completions i wouldn't do something like if three percent's your max bet of your bankroll on a prop i wouldn't do something like i'll oh, play three percent on pass yards and three percent on completions and three percent on attempts because then you have a nine percent uh risk on a correlated market so the best way to divide it up is just think of the percentage of bankroll that you want to risk and then divide it up by the two. You can go one and a half on completions, one and a half on yards, something like that. But it, it's really all these questions, they're personal preferences. So it depends on your your betting style, your bankroll. But for the average person that has a bankroll and they're betting 3% of a bankroll or something, usually just split it up between the two props or, or just find whichever one is the biggest edge and if you could bet 3% on the biggest edge, bet 3% on the biggest edge, leave the other edge alone. So that, that's how you could uh, to do it. You could do it. I like the concept of abiding by certain percentages. And some bettors might not even be at the stage where they're thinking along those lines. Let's say we've got somebody who's $100 better, for instance, and they just think in terms of dollars and cents, so to speak. I think the overarching point is if you're going to bet Lawrence yards, completions, attempts, don't bet $100 on all three of those. Maybe try to find something between the three that adds up to $100 or perhaps a bit more if you think the edge is there. But looking to, again, maximize the edge while mitigating your risk of perhaps a catastrophic loss if things break negatively. Exactly. Kind of upset it better.
All right, moving on to the night game of the Saturday doubleheader, Chiefs at the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, nothing in terms of a contract incentive that I'm aware of. Hitman, it's a long shot, but he is 430 yards away from breaking the single-season passing yardage record. And even though there would be an asterisk, because this would come in a Week 18 that didn't apply to previous quarterbacks, it's got to be something that's you know somewhere in the consciousness for Mahomes, Reed, and that Kansas City offense. I'm seeing Mahomes currently lined anywhere from 320 and a half to 324 and a half in terms of his passing yardage. Again, 430 seems quite lofty, but at least early on in the game, the Chiefs might be pretty aggressive, especially with the matchup they've got against a Raiders defense. Any thought to considering a Mahomes over in the low 320s? Yeah, you know, Matt, it's, it's just another game that the Chiefs are playing for everything this game. They're playing for the what they win. They're going to be the one seed, and they're going to get that all-important playoff bye. So it's just hard to envision that the Chiefs are going to do anything that could set, could hurt them from winning this game. Uh, that So I think it's going to be normal game plan. Um, you really got to ask yourself, if you are betting the overs just based off him getting the record, you got to say to yourself, well, like if Kansas City gets up, will they air the ball out instead of running the ball just to get him this record? I mean, you know, it's one of those things that if I was going to play it, I wouldn't bet over 324 and a half or whatever. I would just bet him to get the record because the only way that I think that they try to get him it is if, like, they're up 14 at the end of the game and it's like, oh, crap, Mahomes is, like, 20 yards away and we can, you know, something where it's, they're going to get it. But if, if – He's a hundred yards away. They're up fourteen in the fourth quarter. Like, are they really going to go out of their way to do this and and risk injury, risk losing the game in the one seed? I don't know. It, it's another one. That, you know what, Matt? Um, he's lying. It's becoming so widespread, and I think you're going to get so much recreational money in the pot now on guys that don't know better that are just saying bet the over. He needs this. I, I think that these lines might get inflated. And I think at post, I might be finding myself betting the under. Now, if this, like I said, if this was a six and ten Chiefs game team, I, hell no, I'm not betting the under. But when these teams have something to play for, I think I think there could be value on the unders at post. Nothing I'm betting now, but that's a direction I'm looking. You mentioned possibly simply betting Mahomes just to set the record. I haven't seen that many spots. Is that prop available because we're in week 18 and, and it's known what he would need to set the record? Or would you look towards something yeah. like the MVP market? I know you tweeted about that a couple of days ago. And now any, I think, Hitman, you added on at minus 750. That sounds like an expensive price, but it was probably way too cheap considering the true probability. Now Mahomes, the lowest I'm seeing is 10 to 1, often you know closer to 16 to 1 or so. Um, do you think that there's any value left in the MVP market or is there anything you would consider outside of that passing yardage over in the low three twenties? I mean, minus a thousand, I think has some value on Mahomes. I mean, at the 16, to one price in the MVP market, it's starting to get a little bit thinner. I, I don't know if I would have laid, laid at 16 to one, but 750, I thought was a little bit cheap uh, for that, for um, I mean, I'm pretty confident he wins it. I mean, with, with Mahomes or Allen and Burrow not getting that extra game was really the icing on the cake. 
that made me fire on it. But um, I've seen – I think I've seen FanDuel and DraftKings has to set the record. But the only – I haven't seen the price. I don't remember what the price is, but I wouldn't be stunned if it was a one-way market and they're giving you a, a BS price, to be honest. So – I don't know if you can if you can find maybe a alternate four hundred plus pass yards and it doesn't they're not ripping you off maybe you look into it but now that I think about it I do think that a lot of these books are probably going to give you a garbage price on that Mahomes to set the record prop but if you're inclined to absolutely bet it because you really think the angle is that strong that's probably the better look in my opinion than just betting the over three twenty four because that number is already adjusted like. 20 yards to, to what it would have been normally. And to your point about the MVP conversation, if Mahomes goes ahead and sets this record somehow, then even that 16 to one right now would seem pretty cheap. That would, that would pretty much guarantee this award. So in the spirit of shopping around where there are some 10 to one still available, I know minus a thousand sounds incredibly steep, but thinking in terms of probability, you have a break even percentage of 91% essentially. And if you think it's more than 91% likely that Mahomes wins the MVP award, I feel like 95% plus is fair to say right now, then that could mean there's value. So if you can stomach the risk, there's one alternate way to attack it. Hitman, one other chief I wanted to discuss with you, Jarek McKinnon on edge rush this week, Cleve TA spoke to an angle he likes on McKinnon receiving yards over he thought that the Raiders defense could be a really favorable matchup. They've struggled to defend receivers, or excuse me, running backs playing as receivers in the passing game. Also, McKinnon's usage has been trending upward recently. I'm seeing McKinnon anywhere from 32 and a half to 38 and a half. That's quite a gap when we're talking about a total in the 30s. But does anything in that range get your interest when we think about McKinnon receiving yards over? Not really. Um I know the angle of the Raiders are really bad against against pass catching running backs, and I that's true. But you got nine and a half point favorites in in this game, so the game script might not go his way. It's it's not something I personally have eyed, and the line has shot up a lot. And typically, you want to be careful of running back overs because I know on in pass catching rules because I know historically that's been a prop that has tended to go under more than any other props. Now, I'm not saying I won't bet overs on running back receiving yards. I've done it plenty of times, but with those, I tend to be very picky and choosy on which one of those I'm going to play. So personally for me, it's a pass. All right. Well, along the lines of being judicious, only one Sunday game right now with a number that's posted that I think is worth discussing at this stage. Again, a lot of the market with so much motivation and lineup uncertainty, it's kind of slim pickings across the odd screen right now. But when we look at Rams Seahawks, Kenneth Walker, there was an interesting discussion on him on this week's episode of the Dream Preview. No contract incentive and, and not a milestone that has gotten a lot of attention this week, unlike some of the other stuff we've talked about but he's 64 rushing yards away from that 1,000 threshold, and it's a long shot. But if Walker has a great day, it doesn't seem like anybody's run away with Offensive Rookie of the Year. So maybe there's a slight chance that he could really put his stamp on the season and get some better consideration for an award like that. Walker currently lined at 75 and a half rushing yards. Hitman, do you see any value on either side of that number? 
Oh, I feel like it's a theme of the show, but I'm I'm gonna say again, just the fact that Seattle they're playing for their playoff lives in this game. It, it I don't think any there's gonna be any motivation to just go out of their way and do something to have any different type of a game plan this week. So I think if you like Walker over, which I mean I'm I'm not opposed to betting is over just based off a handicapping perspective. Seattle has been open about uh, before the Jets game that they were looking to run the ball more. That's a good matchup for Walker. Uh, everything he had a good game last week. If you want to bet the over because of that, go for it. But as far as the incentive uh, stuff to get a thousand yards and to potentially win rookie of the year, it's just another game where it's a team that um, they're playing for their playoff lives. So I don't think they're going to do anything out, anything different other than try to win this game. Point taken. Well, it's looking a bit sparse on the prop betting market at this stage when it comes to trying to uncover legitimate value. We did find something that sounded pretty good pertaining to Trevor Lawrence overs. And Hitman, beyond the prop betting market, I want to pivot to live betting. The way that Week 18 has been scheduled, I know it's raised a lot of eyebrows with some staggered start times, but there will be some scoreboard watching going on. So from a live betting standpoint, over the course of the Sunday slate, what will you be keeping a particularly close eye out for? Yeah, so on Sundays, I don't live bet as much as I would like to during the season. And the reason is, is because I'm spending all week working. Like Thursday, I'm I'm getting down on, on bets. Wednesday, I'm trying to get down on props. Or Friday, I'm trying to get down on props. Saturday, I'm trying to get down on props. I'm running around nonstop. And then Sunday morning, it's checking a zillion books getting down from 8 a.m. until the game starts. So a lot of times when the games start, I'm kind of just burnt out a little bit where I want to not live bet as much as I should unless there's a really strong angle that I, I come across. But this week's a little different where I'm probably going to be pretty aggressive live betting. And it's really just it, – remember, what did I say a few podcasts ago? I said the best prop better in the world is the guy that gets the best information. The best betters in the world are the guys that get the best information. Well, live betting, you're going to have the information play out right in front of you. You're going to see, hey, the Eagles are up 24 points at halftime against the Giants. Dallas doesn't have any motivation now. They're locked into the five seed and maybe a Washington second half play, maybe a Washington uh, an under play for the second half. You get opportunities like that. So what I would say to everybody is for the live betting is stay on top of the other scoreboard watching, know the team's motivations and everything. And you could get some really good opportunities in the market in live betting this week. When it comes to bets that we can lock in pregame prior to heeding your advice, when it comes to the live betting market, we can transition into the pick segment of the show. It sounded like you're pretty bullish on Trevor Lawrence. Anything in particular that you'd like to lock in with him and anything else on a, a pretty barren prop betting card that still stands out to you as value looking ahead to week 18? We could go with Lawrence over 260 and a half pass yards. Um, I didn't touch on this one, but Mac Hollins of the Raiders under 35 and a half receiving yards shows a uh, small edge for me. I did bet that. So I think that's worth a bet as well. And Amari Cooper over, I think, I, I bet 60 and a half and 59 and a half. I think it's 61 and a half or, or something now. But um, 
Amari Cooper in the 61 and a half, 62 and a half range for receiving yards. I had as an edge as well for the Browns. Yeah, it looks like 62 and a half is a consensus number there. So we can go ahead and put that down for the record. Um, we talked about Lawrence at length. Anything from a handicapping standpoint on Hollins or Cooper that we haven't covered that you think it would behoove some betters who are considering tailing those picks? Um, for Hollins, it was just with, with I, I'm not buying the Stidham stuff. Like he played pretty well last week, but. Even a game where Stidham had a big stat line, Hollins, I think he had three targets or something like that. And theoretically, he's the fifth option in this offense as far as just who's going to get the ball behind Jacobs, Waller, Renfro, and Adams. So fifth option on a team with a backup quarterback. Uh, It was was an edge uh, in the mid-30s receiving yards for me. And Cooper – there's a little bit of incentive for him to get a career high. Not incentive as far as money or anything, but just he's made it known he's looking to, to get his career high in receiving yards. Needs 80 receiving yards for that to happen. And he's been open. That means something to him. And Deshaun Watson has been looking for him a lot the past few weeks. He went for 72 yards against the Saints in a windstorm. So, I mean, to have 72 yards in that game is pretty impressive. And last week, 100 yards in a game where Watson only threw the ball 18 times. So those are my three. Nice. Like the trio of picks courtesy of Hitman this week. I will chime in with a couple here. First up, I like a look at Tampa Bay first to score in the Bucks game at the Falcons. I'm seeing that as high as plus 120 and some availability even at even money. Anything even money or better is good to me. I know that the Bucks are a four-point underdog in this one, some four-and-a-halves out there. That's similar to where the Lions are priced against the Packers, if we use that as a reference point. And the reason I think that's a valuable reference point is that the Lions also lined at plus 120 to score first at Green Bay. But there's a key difference here when we're looking at early on in the game. Tampa Bay starters, sounds like they're going to be a go, at least in the beginning stages. We can bank on them getting some rest later on. That's not the same case for Detroit. I think this key difference of Tampa Bay starters going early and then sitting out later in the game, priced into the full game line, but not properly priced into that prop. Hitman, before I get to anything else, just wanted to quickly gauge your thoughts on it and get a gut check from you. Love it. That's all I have to say. Love it. All right. I will take that and run with it. Another bet that we can't lock in now for show purposes, but I think is worth anticipating, kind of like you talked about things that we can anticipate while paying attention to the live betting market, paying attention to what's going live with the Seahawks and the Rams, with the Seahawks being a pretty big favorite, even though the Rams have drawn some money lately. Detroit, if Seattle wins and the Lions are eliminated from playoff contention, that line Packers minus four and a half is probably going to balloon quite a bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw plus six available on the Lions. I would love to see six and a half and and seven might sound preposterous, but who knows? I'm just anticipating if Seattle wins, the market might have a knee-jerk reaction to betting the Packers with the Lions getting knocked out of playoff contention. I feel like the Lions are going to bring it pretty much regardless. A Dan Campbell team, a chance to make a statement against a division rival. I know there's the argument of, hey, if you know you're knocked out of the playoffs, then you might as well try to best position yourself for the draft. I don't think Campbell or any of the Lions players on the field are really going to buy into that. So if and when we see plus six or better for the Lions, I like that look at the Packers. I mean, Minnesota was, what, plus three reduced VIG last week. 
and the Lions are quite arguably a better team than the Vikings. So plus six, it's just charging an awfully high premium on the Packers and their must-win spot. So just something to anticipate. Hitman, have you done anything with that Packers game, Packers Lions game yet from a point spread standpoint, or is there anything you're anticipating come Sunday afternoon? No, I mean the line's going to go up if uh, Seattle wins, but I might look to come back and play Detroit if the line does balloon up. I'll see what it, co- it goes up to, but Detroit's going to play their guys, in my opinion. So I know that line is going to move from four and a half, but I'm just going to see how far it goes and if I think it's warranted. All right, so we will keep Tampa Bay first to score as an official pick, and uh, even money is widely available, so we can call out the price cutoff. Shop around, you can probably get closer to plus 120. Detroit plus six, that will be contingent on the line actually settling in at six if and when Seattle wins, but if we do see the lines, again, available at plus six or better, sounds like that's a go for both of us. And then a teaser that we can make official First and foremost, I've got to say, when it comes to teasing games in week 18, proceed with caution. There's all kinds of variants here when it comes to motivation, who's in, who's out. A lot of information shaking up the market throughout the entire betting cycle. And I think in general, I prefer to let market efficiency be my best friend when teasing games. That applies to most weeks, especially this week 18 card. If I play anything for serious amounts, it's probably not going to be until we're very close to kickoff and we have as much known information as possible. At this stage, looking at where the market is priced, I like the Browns up to plus eight and a half at the Steelers paired with the Vikings coming down through the seven and the three to minus two at Chicago. And the Browns are the leg that I really like here. We're looking at a low total of 40 for this Browns-Steelers game, and I think that magnifies the relative value of each point. Additionally, the Steelers have been on quite a roll. Everybody's heard Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons with the Steelers, but I think the Steelers quite possibly winning this game doesn't equate to the Steelers being a team that's equipped to beat pretty much anybody in the NFL by much of a margin. So I like the Browns up to plus 8.5. In the second leg, I don't like it as much, but I do think that the Vikings will have some incentive to try to improve their seeding as much as they can. Again, some scoreboard watching going on, so I don't expect this one to be a blowout. Minnesota probably will get locked into the three seed in the NFC if and when the Eagles and Niners pull away from the Giants and Cardinals, respectively, on Sunday. But the Vikings favored by more than a touchdown now. Part of that, the Bears going to Nathan Peterman. And and I think part of that is not just Justin Fields' health, But this also being a bit of a must-lose game, in a sense, for Chicago to try to preserve the number one overall draft pick, or at least their chances of getting that draft pick, should the Texans um, go ahead and beat a Colts team that leaves much to be desired. So Minnesota winning by margin sounds pretty dicey in my book, but I feel okay asking them to do a little more than win outright when I can pair it with a teaser leg as strong as the Browns plus eight and a half at the Steelers. Overall, this would still be a reduced play for me about three quarters of a unit at most, but that's my favorite teaser on the board right now. I feel confident enough to lock it in for show tracking purposes. Hitman, any other thoughts on teasers or any specific teaser candidates that you're eyeing on this week 18 card? Um, I like Cleveland and teasers. That That's a, a potential look. It's just a matter of, of uh, who I find to pair with them. I was thinking about Buffalo. Mm. Obviously there's a little bit more variance with Buffalo, just because you don't know how they're going to come out this week, especially early in the game after the situation with uh, DeMar Hamlin. But that would be my initial – I think that would be my teaser if I had to pick one right now. It would be Buffalo and Cleveland. 
All right. Duly noted. We'll keep an eye out for any updates we get, of course, on DeMar Hamlin first and foremost, and then any news on how things are looking for the Bills prospects to potentially put their best foot forward on Sunday against the Patriots. Rapid fire recap as far as the official picks are concerned for this week's show. Hitman on Trevor Lawrence over 260 and a half passing yards. Mac Hollins under 35 and a half receiving yards. And Amari Cooper over 62 and a half receiving yards. A couple picks from me. Tampa Bay, first to score, good at even money or better. And the teaser that I'll go ahead and lock in right now, again, a reduced play, but I do like it enough to put it out here. Cleveland plus eight and a half at Pittsburgh, paired with Minnesota, minus two at Chicago. And unofficially, keep an eye out for that Seahawks-Rams game if we see the Lions plus six or better. Hitman and I both considering that a go as well. At this stage, want to weave in the hops one more time this regular season. Jacob, let's kick it off with you. What do you have on tap that you're looking forward to this weekend? So, of course, uh, my eyes are going to be fixated quite heavily on the NFL. To pair that, a uh, little bit of a late Christmas gift. Uh, my favorite brewery by far is this brewery called Great Lakes Brewery, uh, a little bit outside of downtown Toronto. And they don't always, they're, not, they're not big enough to always have their best beer readily available whenever you want to buy it. But uh, just happened to to stumble on the fact that uh, there were 18 of their RoboHop New England style double IPA at the the local liquor store. So uh, 12 of those were purchased, and uh, I had I had one yesterday actually, and I, I have some more definitely coming this weekend. But it's 8.5% ABV, doesn't really taste like it. It's right up my alley with hazy. New England style IPA with tropical hits, citrus hits that all go together really, really well to make it a really smooth and flavorful experience. And at that 8.5, um, <laughs> you, you don't really taste it, but you definitely feel it. Man, your approach to clearing out almost that entire stock of the specific beer reminds me of Hitman's approach to props, where if you're if you're behind <laughs> Jacob for beer or Hitman for props, you know, you might be out of luck. So you gotta hurry. Get the best of the number, get the best of the beer. Love that approach and glad you have more in store this coming weekend. Yeah, it's just one of those like I I, I know how good it is and it's almost like a once a year event where it's available and I can get it. And if it's just down the street from me, then I am absolutely gonna take advantage of that situation. <laughs> All right. Well, glad to hear you have a specific beer and a fantastic beer lined up for the near-term future. I don't have a specific beer in mind right now. What I do have in mind is the holiday party for my favorite brewery. I will be attending it early next week. Regular listeners will know my favorite brewery, Green Cheek Beer Company, based in Orange, California. And I'm going to be able to attend because my brother has pulled off to me the plus EV power move of the century. Uh, He picked up one shift a week working at Green Cheek. So he gets to go to their employee holiday party and invite me as his plus one. And, that you know, one shift a week, I think that's such a great move because he gets to, you know, get a lot of the same perks as anybody who works there a lot more um, without having to, um, I, I guess, give up too much of the rest of his schedule. He does have a background in brewing and hospitality, so it's a good fit for so many reasons. And getting to be his plus one for this party with my favorite brewery, I feel like that might mean more than being his best man potentially at his future wedding. So I will take it and run with it. Cannot wait for that. Hitman, speaking of future weddings, how is it going for you juggling the home stretch of the NFL season and also life with your fiance? 
I worry about weddings when when the football season's over. <laughs> um, now, yeah, right now you could see I'm in a nice, nice, good setting in a parking garage in Atlantic City. So I'm getting ready to get some bets in, and I'm looking forward to when the, the season's over and I can have a little bit of fun. But another weekend of me just grinding. Yeah, we will let you get to it and play some of those bets. It's been awesome doing this all regular season long. And for the audience, if you have found anywhere near as much value in these conversations with Hitman as I have, if you're not doing so already, be sure to go give him a follow on Twitter at Hitman428. You can also find me there at MLandis18. And as far as the playoff plan goes for props and hops, that is a TBD right now. I can't commit to anything specifically, but I can promise that I will be doing something for this specific show through the Super Bowl and beyond. So want to thank you guys for an awesome regular season. Thanks to everybody who's been tuning in, whether you've been watching on YouTube, listening, wherever you get your podcasts. This has been awesome. Hope we can go out on a high note on week 18. To everybody tuned in out there, thank you once again for checking out the show. Enjoy the final Saturday and Sunday of the regular season. And as always, best of luck with your betting and beer adventures this weekend. Props and hops and